Hello everyone and welcome to State of the Realm, your weekly Final Fantasy XIV podcast. This week we have some details coming out of Gamescom regarding patch 3.4, the expansion, and some of the other content that they've been working on. We're also going to be discussing the most recent patch, 3.38, which basically said, well... Animal weapons, here's one for everyone. We'll also be letting you guys know about some other events that are going on in Final Fantasy XIV and a little reminder of the 14-hour broadcast this Friday night. But of course, I am one of your hosts, Michael, Mr. Happy Poporomo, and joining me, as per usual, Sly, a.k.a. Sly the Fox, a.k.a. Sly, a.k.a. Gray Fox, a.k.a. You my boy, Blue. No nicknames this week. How you doing? Almost forgot to switch off my mute. I'm good. You almost that forgot to switch off your mute. You know, I've done that like five times in the yeah, past. Yeah, exactly. Like, I've done it once. This entire this entire stream, I've done it once. Uh, but I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I've done that like I did that yesterday during my my stream with Square Enix like twice. Like I just I would like just I hashtag professional man. It's Bring okay. It professionalism to Square Enix, ladies and gentlemen. It's all right. Eric Woo! Eric made the same problem. He literally, he literally was talking to me, and I was like, you know your microphone's muted, right? And he goes, damn it. damn it. It's, it. He was muted more than I was, to be fair. But he, you do the same thing in the Square The difference was it was the microphone on the headset that was muted, not in OBS, to be fair. To be perfect. Days without fair. incident carries over the Square Enix. Well, then Eric is the one with the incidents that we need to be tracking in that case. But uh, we have a bunch of news this week, and we know we have news for next week, and then we are expecting news for the following weeks, because then we have PAX West. So uh, we got some stuff to talk about, Sly. Yeah, some of it's a little salty. Some of it's not as salty. Is it sour or salty? No, it's definitely salty if you're looking on like the online forums and stuff like that. It is, without a doubt, full of sodium. What, what it what's the what's the uh the what is it n n a two what is it for sodium i can't remember n a c l n a c l there you go sodium okay. chloride there you go sodium chloride yeah there's a lot of n a c l for this first topic that we're going to discuss and that's patch three point three eight one of those little in between patches nothing special you know yeah, yeah. so uh the first part first thing, is yeah we uh first things first we uh Everybody gets um, weapons. Everybody gets yeah. weapons. Whether whether you want a lore weapon, an animal weapon, everybody gets weapons. Mm -hmm. That's, that's uh, the, the most important thing. You can trade in the Miyachi Farthing and Penny for a uh, Illuminati Deep Goblin. Yeah, and for those who don't know, that's the item that otherwise drops in A7 Savage, which is used to upgrade the I-230 lore weapon to I-240. And they finally got rid of the restriction on Maiden Gears from A8 Normal as well so now you just need to get um four of them as opposed to seven and there's no lockout so four runs you're gucci so those those lore congratulations weapons. you got a weapon you yeah. already didn't have an anima golf clap we'll get we'll, we'll which we'll get to next um uh yeah this this nerf so they nerfed the animal weapon, for those who don't know. Uh, the, the 210-step, specifically. The 230-step, the 240-step, and the previous steps uh, remained in their current patch form. But the I-210-step saw what is probably the biggest relic-slash-anima nerf 
of all time. Ever. Granted, granted ever. it's a step that needed it more than any other step. Maybe the only step that's ever needed it as much was the book step back in the day. But, uh, yeah, this, um, so let's, let's recap what the quest was before. Let's throw some, let's throw some numbers out there, Sly. Do you, do you want to start at the beginning or? Yeah, no, let's, let's, let's start at, let's start at what it was before the nerf. All right. Okay. So 680 tombstones per item, mm -hmm. right? Let's, let's just ignore the fact that it's, there's two different types of tombstones, right? Right. You need 80 of these items and that's not the only way to get them, but this is the way people like to calculate it. It was over 50,000 tombstones to do it strictly through tombstones before. It was also five days worth of Beast Tribe quests for Realm Reborn. It was six days worth for Heaven's Ward, minus the Moogles, which were fairly good for mm -hmm. it. You needed these high-quality crafted items that only specialists could make, which they eventually took the specialist part out. And uh, or and you could also use allied seals or things. Oh, just... A lot of different ways to go about it. You know, nothing nothing too bad. So, twenty of the unidentifiable for each four craft, a total of eighty and sixteen. So the first thing we're going to tackle are these tombstone counts. This we was, go from this alone would have been enough, in my opinion. Really. Just this. Just this would have been enough to the quest to sort of bring it more in line. But this is just the beginning. <laughs> so, so, yeah, we go from 680 Allegan Tombstones of Pose or, or Law, you still have it, um, to uh, 300. More than half. Yeah, let's, it, they, cut, they cut this part down by more than half already. Yeah. So the quest, theoretically, has had its difficulty cut in half right there. Right. That's just, and that's just the start. And you can use more types of tombstones for the other items. You're not forced into just using law mm -hmm. or poetics or whichever one. They, they opened up the options a little bit more. So if you want to just farm one type or two types, you, don't, you can do that instead. So that was nice. This was, this was a nice nerf. Nice thing. Um, then you get to, you know... You know, when we first started this, you know, people were doing 50-some-odd runs or 100-some-odd runs of Gordius and all that jazz. We needed 10 bolts, lenses, or whatever. Now you only need three. Now you know, I only need three. You only need three. It's as opposed to 10. So you can get the precision, so you can get the, those items. Yeah, you only needed that many now to get an unidentifiable item. Not that, honestly, that nerf is damn near irrelevant, though, because nobody really... Nobody's doing Gordius. Nobody's doing Gordius. Like, the Q times for Gordius are never good. So, this is nice, but it's nice if you're, like, farming it with seven other people you know, not, like... Yeah, unless you're you're catching up to the array content. I mean, nobody's really doing Gordius. Yeah, no one's, no one's doing Gordius at all. Like, you just, you gotta go in with a few friends and get it done, whatever. If you're doing this with friends, it's nice to three runs, because if you could do a run in, like, four to five minutes, that's, like, an, unidentifi an unidentifiable item every 15 minutes, approximately. Which is still nuts, comparatively, because it used to be, like, 40 minutes. 40 to 50 minutes, or an hour per unidentifiable. Um, just considering four, four and a half minutes on average, maybe five minutes a run, something along those lines. Right. Um, although this might encourage people to maybe try to use Gordius to finish it up. You might see a, an increase in Gordius no, you activity. Won't. You might, it might slightly, a slight no, no, increase. Be realistic. No, you won't. 
You might, for A1 and A4, yeah, you might still see a slight increase. A2 and A3, debatable, but it's it's there, you know. And this, and, we're still not done with the nerfs, by the way. This yeah, is we're still, still not done. Uh, another way uh, to get unidentifiables was Beast Drives, which oh, yeah. I, I kind of got to to the party a little late on Beast Drives, but all my Beast Drives are failed, with the exception of Moogles. They're dumb. Um, <laughs> I thought you said the Moogles were dumb for a second. No. <laughs> thought it was funny. Even though, even though some people wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but originally the 2.0s, you were um, required 13. Which took five days on average tokens. because you only got 12 a day. Now or, I'm sorry, three. three a day, not 12. Three. Yeah. yeah. Now it's down to three. So you get so one a day. From 13 to three. So you get one a day. Essentially, from then, the of course, a custom 2.0s uh, required 18. They only require six. So those are two days, essentially. Yes. Yeah. So you could essentially, if you have all the Realm Reborn Beast Tribes at a point where you can get that, you can get four items a day just from a Realm Reborn Beast Tribes at this point. So you could have it done in 10 days. Get, I could probably get all of it now with the tokens I have. <laughs> as much as, as, much as the, beat, uh, the Beast Tribes I was doing, and now that I was like trying to complete them, we we'll probably go ahead and get another animal with all this shit. I mean, yeah, if you if you were saving up items at this point as opposed to spending them, waiting for a nerf, then uh, you're pretty well set if you've been yeah. doing beast drives all this time. One item a day, that means 10 days you'll have all the unidentifiable items in if, if you already have the beast drives at a point where you're receiving the items, of course. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, we're still not done with the nerfs. Oh, no, no, no. That's, that's, no. This, we're not done yet. The so, next, the next big one is the crafted items. Yeah, uh, I can't really speak on this too much since you know they were given to you for free. Fuck up. Um, <laughs> but now you can actually buy them from your uh, grand company, and they don't need or to be HQ anymore. They're, in fact, no. they, they they can't be HQ. Well, actually, no, you can still use HQ. But if you mm -hmm. want to use HQ items, you need to hand in four HQ items. You can't mix and match. Right. So there's no fucking reason to do that. So don't. And they only cost 5,000 seals. Yeah, that's not bad. I mean, still considering, like, if you wanted to buy them that's all. Like an, that's like an hour and a half or maybe less worth of work. Yeah, but, I mean, if you're considering the fact you need 16 items, at the most you can buy 10 of those items without, mm -hmm. you know, at the, at the cap. But, I mean, even just getting the remaining six wouldn't be that bad um, no. because no, the no. prices on those at this point on the market board just whew, pretty easy. You can even just ask a friend, hey, man, can you can you give me some of your grand company seals or some shit? Oh, need this shit for ventures. Fuck you. Give it to me. And if you have HQ items lying around from before, don't forget you can right click and revert the quality to NQ. Don't just toss them or if you want to try selling them on the boards, go ahead. But consider that as well. So um, that's uh, that's pretty important. 80k seals still a lot, but it's way better than needing crafters to do it before, which was a, which was a pretty big complaint. The, the way I see it, they just really shitty on marketing. <laughs> they well, yeah, that's that's a big thing. A lot of crafters yeah. are complaining that one of their they one of the really shitty on the market. Like I, that, that was a lot of people. Like since a lot of people were trying to catch up, a lot of people were, were you know buying off the market board or having a friend who was was very generous to give it to him. Um, yeah, you know that. You know that all too well. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, this that's a closed market now. That market no longer even exists. Yeah, there's. I mean, it might exist uh, for people who like want to sell them from the outlets. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. <laughs> now, what do you? Well, I want to get your take on this. What do you think, like, about this type of thing where you know they make a nerf or they make a major change to the point where you know something that was you know profitable is right. no longer profitable. What, how do you feel about that? I mean, it, markets always come and go, especially ones that are involved with relic mm. weapons. I mean, it happened before. I mean, I think even back to the original relic weapon needing the HQ weapon with the two materia infused. That was that is actually still to this day a fairly good market. To, mm -hmm. to sell some things on this was some next level shit though what we needed for this so i i'm never surprised to see a market come and go based on how in the item is this mm -hmm. was this is a pretty drastic destruction of a market though that existed it was pretty drastic because i know people who were still making and selling those because they did sell reliably at least on greg yeah i, I hate to see changes like like this you know to catch people up i i understand but don't don't take away anybody's profit because of it. Yeah, I know things are gonna go out the way in like in the further future, but this 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 soon, in my opinion, no, it, it wasn't necessary. Well, I mean, the big the big difference here because you could still sell the items. There's nothing wrong with that. The big difference you is, ain't gonna make shit off of it. Well, the, the thing is, you probably make more in terms of legit net. It won't sell for as high, but the NQ items are still up there for decent prices. It's just that you can't expect it to stay that way too long when it's so easy to obtain the item. Right. And for a market that was once for crafters, it's now a market for literally anyone who has Grand Company seals. So there for now, they're still it's more profit because you don't have to actually craft it. But the amount of people there is, that are going to flood that market if it's profitable is just going to tank. The I just prices. don't see it being profitable. I mean, it's, it's the way I look at accessible it. Accessible to everybody. Not everybody's a crafter. Not everybody knows a crafter. So nine out of ten, those people are going to go to the market board anyway. If this is shit you can get with your own fucking seals, just by like an hour, an hour and a half's worth of time, and then try to sell it back to somebody who could do the same goddamn thing it makes no sense the key is though that there are a lot of people that still buy things that aren't those with their seals who are sitting on no seals who wish they hadn't spent them right now those are the people and on top of that the fact that you yeah, can't... those are those are the people who are going to actually buy like, yeah and on top of that there's people who either want them for a different reason like perhaps the moonstones for the 240 step or mm -hmm. something else side the ventures whatever and right. you even then you can't have 80k seals on your character you can only have up to 50k so there's at least a margin of six items that someone's going right. to need and because of this nerf a lot of people are buying right now so at least for the next week or so i expect that market to be and, it, and the thing is the market itself is profit because there's no money now there's no money spent to make the money like you just put allied you put grand company seals but i think i've been calling them allied seals by accident you put grand mm -hmm. company seals in and you get gill out essentially with no sort of there's no loss of net so for now it's stable and it's making money it'll probably still be something people can look into if they're looking for some spare change later mm -hmm. once it's things have died down but uh it's it's by no means a crafter's market anymore which was what was important to the crafters before. Right. So that's the important thing to touch on right there is it's no longer a, an exclusive market like it used to be. So 
that means it's only a matter of time before it just tanks on itself. All in all, very polarizing. Oh, and we didn't even touch on the biggest fact. We didn't even touch on the fact you only need half as many unidentifiables. Yeah. So not only did they cut the price in half, they cut the beast tribes down by like a fourth or a third. They cut down everything. You don't need HQ. They cut down the amount of unidentifiables you need from 80 to 40, which they I actually... Down time. I expected that. That's been my prediction all along, was that they would cut that down from 20 to 10. And I thought that was sufficient enough. I didn't expect everything else on top of it. Mm-hmm. But they uh, they went ham. So if you were someone who wanted to do the 210 step, it can get done now. The biggest thing here is, though, that the 240 was made pretty much just you have the lore, you get the weapon. Because mm-hmm. get, getting the, the Maki stuff super easy. It, debatably, it takes longer to get the friggin' 4A8 runs out of the way than it does to get the friggin' I-240 item. So it's all about the lore tombstones. That's still, and the animal weapon is still as crazy as it is yeah. in terms of uh, getting it done. Uh-huh. The Umbrites still may have one way of obtaining them. You can still only get them for 300 SOs each, making that now the single biggest headache of the entire process. Aetheral Chemical Research Facility drove me in fucking sane getting these Umbrites. Two runs per umbra. I wasn't, I wasn't about that life until until I got closer to the end. I really wasn't about that life. I said, you know, "Fuck it, I don't want to do an ARF bar. I don't want to do like just bang my head against ARF, like just to get fucking." Umbra. I didn't do that until the last bit. Otherwise, I did. But dailies, hunts. For me, though. For me, though, the big thing is if you're gonna take that two forty step and drastically at this point you everybody who is interested in that weapon has it in three weeks. If you look at having zero lore tombstones and needing a, approximately a thousand, it's three weeks for anybody. The 240 step, on the other hand, of the anima, which should be longer because it's customizable stats, so it's guaranteed to be you know better. Mm-hmm. If we're looking at difficulty compared to something that is equal in item level, the difficulty there doesn't match. And I think that's the biggest the biggest remaining issue with the animal weapon is nerfing how to get a 240 weapon, but leaving the other one almost completely unscathed in terms of the process. Do you think they're trying to prepare us for content balls? Like, just trying to catch people up in terms of animal weapons? Do you think they're trying to, like, the devs are trying to prepare us for anything? I mean, the next step is the biggest one because um, we know that this thing's not done yet. We know there's a continued storyline. The biggest thing, though, is that they want people to get caught up to the 240 step but also then have to spend the time getting the 240 weapon while they wait for the next patch. That's really the biggest remaining uh, goal that people could be going for between patches. Now, go back to, uh, like, two relic. Um what was it? Zeta was the last one? Zeta was the last step? Zodiac Zeta was the last step of the, the level 50 relic. That wasn't nearly as bad as previous. That was a really easy one compared to this. The, even the Zodiac itself was reasonable uh, compared to some of the steps prior. It was a pretty long step in the dungeon. That was the dungeon Atmos for the Zodiac. The ones yeah. where, you know, I did Sunken Temple fucking 20 times, essentially. Um uh, but even that, I got done quicker than most of the other steps. I have a feeling we'll we'll probably see stuff more akin to something between the nerfed I-210 and the unnerfed I-240 right now. Mm-hmm. That's where we'll probably see the next step 
if I had to guess. But I'm just wondering what the what the mentality is behind making a 240 weapon accessible, but then having another 240 weapon that has way more hoops to get through that you don't touch at all until way later. I was wondering this back when the 210 became less relevant, and I'm still wondering it now with the 240. Because it's just it doesn't matter if it's baseline for 3.4. You can get one like really easy through lore. This one's just customizable. Now you know why I, I constantly say all the time I need a fucking weapon rack or something in my MC house because this shit is sentimental. Like, I put all this hour, all these hours, all this effort into these weapons just to see them go away in the next phase. And, like, I remember the grind. Everybody remembers the grind. So I, I want something like that, please. Because just talking about it just gives me a fucking headache. Give us a hall of remembrance. Just put it upstairs, the Hall of Remembrance. They put yeah. fucking trophies of your old weapons and everything. Have little mannequins that are, that can wear your armor. Like, I want one to That's wear my That's been a request for a really long time. Yeah. The yeah, mannequins. Mannequin. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's been something we've wanted for a really, really long time. And I still stand by that being a very... And let's be honest, everybody fucking wants glamour in this game. Mannequin is pure glamour endgame right there. It's your house glamour endgame. And then people can dress up their mannequins to, to look at stuff. They'd be like, oh, I make this mannequin. I'm going to give it a fall outfit right now. And then it's then, yeah. then you're not even glamouring your character anymore. You glamour that mannequin. You go make a scarecrow out front. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like a good-looking scarecrow, not the crappy scarecrow that we have. Um, but that was really all 3.3 it was, was just, just anima nerfs across the board, plus the lore weapon is a lot more obtainable now. Overall... Fun, fun little thing. If you were still needing, those, if you were still in need of either of those things, or if you for some sick fuck who's working on more anima weapons than one, then kudos to you. You now probably have like seven I two ten weapons because of this. So, uh, you know, Godspeed, Godspeed to you, my friends. Um, but that's it for patch three point three eight. The more interesting details that came out of this week were Gamescom. Gamescom. We knew that Yoshi P was going to be doing a lot of interviews at Gamescom, and I think there's still more that are on the way, but what we have yeah. right now are the interviews from Nova Chrysalis, the interview from DualShockers, Shockers. and then we have some information from the Famitsu uh, article that was revealed earlier today that's officially launching in the physical magazine tomorrow. So, yeah. with that out of the way, we're going to cover some of the key points of this. I think the headlining one is 3.4's release date, which is... They didn't give us a date, but there's only two things it could possibly be. And in my in my eyes, there's only one date that's remaining. They said late September. 27? 27. Which was, to be fair, I guess the 20th. But could the, you, could, yeah, like, like I said, could you get a little bit of wiggle room to the 20th? No, I mean, here's the thing. TGS is the 15th through the 22nd. It's always possible that the 15th or the 16th is uh, something like between the 15th and the 17th is a live letter, and then the yeah. following Tuesday. I won't, I won't rule that out. It's still totally possible. Right. I personally think that won't be the case. I think they'll literally save it for the last Tuesday of September, especially because now they don't have to worry about Final Fantasy 15 anymore. All right, there we go. Still got to worry about Persona 5, though. But anyway, um, <laughs> in Japan, at the very in least. Japan. Yeah. In Japan. Um, so that's what we're looking at, either the 20th or the 27th. The, the, today is, what, the 24th? So we're about four weeks out. Yeah. We're about four weeks out from the, uh, from the next patch. Are you ready? I'm ready. You ready? Ready. Let's do it! I'm ready. I'm ready. 
That's what I'm talking about. Uh, we also got some information about the remaining content cycles that are working for 3.4 and 3.5. One of the big ones is Palace of the Dead. We have, I, I'm going to say confirmed. Just know that when Yoshi P tells us dates, they're never confirmed. But I'm going to say it's confirmed. Palace of the Dead, the remaining 150 floors will be in 3.45. To give people a rough scope of when that is, about nine weeks. About nine weeks from today is when we can expect that. The first week, the first week-ish of November. So the remaining, all 200 floors available in 3.45, Sly. Are you ready? Or are you now? I asked you before, are you ready? But no, really, are you ready for soloing all of it? <laughs> no, not even. I mean, uh, if they give us a mechanic where we start back from scratch, no. But if, we're, if, I'm, if I'm a 60, then sure, why not? People are fucking Jenkins. Yeah, I'm curious what design choices they're going to make for 51 to 200 because if. 10 mimics every fucking floor. <laughs> Let's go! Let's go! <laughs> See, I'm still under the impression that they're gonna start us at level one again on floor fifty-one. I, I'm really—that's that's what I'm thinking. I'm really—I'm really holding I'm to scared it. Scared of that. I'm really holding to it being like, oh, this next set of floors is like the energy there is different, and so we've crafted deep ether pool uh, weapons and armor. The old stuff doesn't work because of the the signatures of the, the something bullshit. Yeah. I don't know, but I fully expect to have to level one to sixty again for fifty-one to to 100 and then 101 to 200 at max level that i mm -hmm. that i i still expect you to be max level what was really interesting was that yoshi p said that all of the floors which is this is what gives me hope they'll all be level 60 all of the floors from this point on will be more difficult yeah I guess, then that's what that's why i think um they're going to stick with level 60 instead of making us reload i hope so sense. i mean unless they you know scale down the difficulty in terms of level to where like level one is a little bit more, you know, just make the enemies hit harder, but, but more yeah. more dangerous traps. Yeah, more more dangerous, but still scaled down to like a level one through ten or whatnot. Yeah, I mean that's the thing with Palace of the Dead is I, I feel like there is merits to just making it more difficult with the leveling itself that's in there because technically you're the content you already have a kind of a projected idea of what levels people will be by certain floors. Mm -hmm. It's not a mystery really. But the thing is, if you're at level 60, I feel like the restrictions that you can impose upon the player are a little bit more um, explorable. For example, if you're leveling, people are focused on killing all the enemies. You can't really add objectives that either avoid enemies or, um, or create super dangerous enemies that you want to avoid altogether. Because everyone's trying to level by killing everything. At 60, though, at a, at a consistent level, you have the option of adding a lot more unique conditions that the players have to fulfill. And that's kind of what I'm hoping to see in the remaining floors. But we this is all speculation at this point. He also said that if you clear all 200 floors, you are godlike. So you're a warrior. Thanks. Or a warrior. One of yeah. the two. Or, or a scholar. Or a scholar. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, the translator specifically said that any player that can clear all 200 floors is godlike. What what they didn't say, group of players, so I'm assuming that that Corsaiana translates to solo. Like solo. If, you're, if you're solo and you clear all 200 floors, yeah. you're godlike. Um, we'll see, though. Unless this is like four-man raidish type floors, I guess. I mean, I'm cool with that. I'm down. If they people have been requesting heroic dungeons or, or mm -hmm. like uh, real 
difficulty four man stuff, extreme dungeons and shit. So uh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see the final hundred floors get mixed up in something like that. I think that could be a lot of fun. They also said they are currently developing in current development of Deep Dungeon 2. The second location. Which is one reason why they want to push Palace of the Dead out in 3.45. So they can take all the remaining resources and put them into the next Deep Dungeon. How do we feel about a second Deep Dungeon? Do we feel, feel Palace of the Dead has earned the right for them to make a second Deep Dungeon? I still think it's too early. It's too early. Uh, I still think we're not past the litmus test. Um, 51 through 200 will be that litmus test. I mean, if they're confident that Deep Dungeon was that much of a success, then sure, go ahead and develop it for the expansion and, you know, like the, um, the bar will be set a little bit higher. Definitely my, set higher. It's always set higher. It's always set higher, but uh, I, just, I just feel like it's too soon to be thinking thinking about Deep Dungeon 2 or the second location. Uh, no, like, again, we're not probably going to see this into the expansion. The, the, the first the first patch or what, whatnot of the expansion. Well, that's another thing to really consider because if Deep Dungeon's available at the beginning of the next expansion, which I personally do not think it will be, I've considered the options of having Deep Dungeon 2 available prior to the expansion. Mm -hmm. But if it does, if it's not, I don't expect it till 4.05 because... I think of leveling in the expansion, and I think if Palace of the Dead is available and it takes you to 70, that it, I mean, it depends, because they, see, they seem to want to sort of fix up the issues with the main story leveling, where there's all these stupid side quests that are just like, oh god, they're just Moogle quests. That's all I need to really say. And Palace of the Dead could be a reasonable way, like, hey, while you're leveling and you're doing the main story, we have Palace, we have this new deep dungeon for you to also level in. There's a story in there as well that you can enjoy. And it could be great to complement leveling with an absence of shitty side quests. I think that's something to consider. But at the same time, I feel like it would just completely outright overpower anybody's interest in doing the main story in terms of leveling, unless it's really good experience. It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. And I'm um, I'm still like you. I'm unsure that Palace of the Dead has earned the right to for them to think about a second deep dungeon. Yeah. Uh, I, the chat says it best. It's past initiation where it did well enough upon its release to say, "Hey, it worked," but its sustainability is questionable. That's what I've been questioning the entire time. I'd say that Palace of the Dead is good, not like great like oh my god it's, uh, it's we need awesome. another one of these yeah we need another one but it, it it's good content the one thing i was always worried about was how how long are we really gonna do this how how long are we really gonna stick with something like this it's fun it's fun is there a reason for me to you know keep banging my head against this maybe not i'm kind of fucked up i'm, I'm kind of fed up with it now like as is without fucking mimics god damn it i'm still I'm like but i'm still going in so i guess I'm kind of, you know, second, like second guessing my, um, my apprehensions to the, um, the, um, long term, long term, um, long termness. Yeah, I know what you're trying to say. The long term yeah. sustainability. 
Thank you. There you go. Okay. I can't do words good. What What would you think if the ten floors, like each group of ten floors, had a bit more story behind it than just a "Wow, she's creepily watching me"? Like, would Would that be an added incentive? Think of it like how you finish Alexander floors in normal mode, and you get a cutscene, or you maybe start Alexander with a cutscene, and that plays into your motivation to go through it. Show of hands in chat. How many people were there in Deep Dungeon for the lore? I'll wait. I was there for the lore, but it didn't I'll give wait. it didn't give I'll me wait. enough. I was I'll there. I feel like a lot of people wanted to know more about Edda, but we only pretty much found out that she was there. And it became a lot more about figuring out what Palace of the Dead was and not the story that was actually being told, which is hey, this mm -hmm. thing down here is we don't fucking know it. We just we don't know. I feel like a lot of people want to know more, but it didn't legitimately engage us. It just we kind of had to go. Oh, I recognize that NPC. Oh, what's Edda doing down here? But it, it, it nothing felt conclusive or, or powerful about the story. It was just the way it fit into Eorzea, which Ephes luckily helped enlighten us with. He made yeah. he made Palace of the Dead more enjoyable for me just by kind of diving into what it actually was. At first, I mean, at first I was there strictly for for, you know, difficult content, still am. Um, I feel like they kind of piecemealed the lore in. Um, yeah. It, it, was, it was minute, and it's like, okay, Edda's here. Yeah, That's exactly. It. That's, That's it. it. I wanted there to be more lore, so I feel like Deep Dungeon 2, it would be great if a, a better story was told. I understand lore. Lore and story are not exactly <laughs> the same thing. What? Maybe just said in chat, this story still better than Alexander. No story still better than <laughs> Alexander's story. God damn. Um, I, I, I think if, if Deep Dungeon 2 actually tells a story and isn't just this, what is this dungeon that is mm. under here, you know, kind of deal, I think that that would bring up its interest level. I don't know how much time or room they have to actually develop a story for this, if that would cost us things like the Scholasticate. Mm -hmm. um, I would give up the Scholasticate, though. I'm not terribly interested in the Scholasticate. I would love to know more about this and have content attached to story as opposed to just a quest with story. I actually like the Scholasticate. It's, it's okay, but I would trade it for actual story in Deep Dungeon. That's just my personal mm -hmm. opinion. I would, I, I would trade it in for this. Like, I, I would be okay with them lore wise making like saying hey you have this here as an adventurer it's a challenge if you want to do it that's fine there's no real story or any reason behind it but if you want to be the very best that no one ever was go ahead i would be okay with that i'd be okay with that instead of them trying to shoehorn um more into it Speaking of shoehorning, honestly, with the quality of Heaven's Ward's Hildebrand quest, I would trade in Hildebrand at this point for actual story here. Because, don't get me wrong, the cutscenes have been great, especially this last patch for Hildebrand, but it feels like at this point, like I said, they're shoehorning I, in Hildebrand. I'm not, I'm not ready to give up Hildebrand. I, only no. because I feel the quality of the Hildebrand quest in Heaven's Ward it, has drastically it, decreased. It has, it has, and, but I feel like certain sacrifices were made um, from Hildebrand and Hildebrand assets to kind of focus more on main, main scenario, things like that. Um, I still have hope and faith in Hildebrand that the next expansion um, will go back to 2.0 where it's more, it's it's a little bit firmer in its story. It, we go back to actually 
you know, fighting people. You know, you go back to trials. You go back to maybe a little bit of Greg. I don't know. Like, yeah, they kind of beat. They kinda, I would. Dang, I definitely kinda, agree. I definitely they agree. Kinda beat, they kind of beat the dead horse, which is Greg's. Uh, I would love want something different though. But I, I still have a little bit of hope uh, in terms of the future for Hildebrand. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade Hildebrand. You fucking know. fly! Come on, I'll get you. Mm. Sorry, I didn't want to hit my monitors too hard. Um, I feel like we're going to see one trial for Hildebrand, but here's the thing. I think it might be a solo trial, like, you know, the solo missions where you go and you like, do it once. Like what we did um, with... Um, the Mandragoras. The Mandra no, regular, regular. Oh, yeah, like regular, like regular, yeah. Um, yes. against, that's, against... Not, that's not a trial. That's not a trial. Like, I, 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 have, a, I have a feeling we're going to fight the Black Waltzes, one, two, and three. That's... That's where I personally stand when it comes to GG yeah, story. And you're still and you're still um, saying it's going to be a solo instead of an actual. You know, I, I, I I don't want it to be. I want it to be like a full blown instance against all three mm -hmm. of the Black Waltzes. But I have a feeling that they're. Gonna, I don't they're want gonna... it to be an instance. I want it to be a trial. That's yeah, that's what I want. I want. That's what I want. I think we will be fighting all three Black Waltzes as part of the the Hildebrand story, though. I just don't know if it's going to be solo or if it's going to be a full blown like right. ultra level trial. Because honestly, if the Final Fantasy Nine boss music comes on, play, dude, I'm that's it. I'm fucking so I'm playing Final Fantasy Nine right now again, and that boss music is tight, tight like a tiger. Yes, yes, tight like a tiger. But we we kind of we kind of digressed. Um, I the sustainability of house of the dead um i'm truly concerned um i would love to see it be long term i would love to you know actually do this on a weekly basis you know but it, it well, future knows only the future knows well let's talk about some of the future then because there's some things that we do know about it uh, uh we know about a little about 4.0 we know it's ahead of schedule currently and they are currently working on voiceovers for the main scenario. So, where do you see an May. launch? May. A month earlier than heading to. Well, I mean, here's the thing. So, it's it's you have to remember that Realm Reborn launched in August mm -hmm. of um, August of 2013, and Heaven's Ward came out in June of 2015. So and they said Heaven's Ward was behind schedule. So keep that how in mind. Behind, like we we can assume we can probably assume he was talking about late spring originally. So May was probably the date they were originally aiming for. So what I think will happen is even though they're ahead of schedule, they're not going to do it something like push it to April, for example. They'll say, "Hey, if we can get it out a month earlier in 2017 than we did back in 2015, It'll be good for the game, but we can also now take a month to really tune things. Because if they would have been done by April, but they take till May, I think that that will be okay. But April would be the earliest, like late April, but I'm thinking May. Definitely May of 2017. Now, there are two things. Part of me that knows the devs and knows that, you know, if they, um, if they need more time, they'll say it. They'll come out and tell us that, you know, we've gotten a little bit behind, might be a little bit delayed, and then there's the you know, 15 side of things that kind of got me a little bit sour, and... Thanks for Persona 5. <laughs> but, but, yeah, um, 
I would honestly, even if they're a little ahead of schedule, I would honestly want you to take that time. Like, don't. And this this is gonna sound terrible. Terrible. Like terrible. Like if they could release it early, that's fine. But I just see things going wrong, and Thomas is not being kept, and Alexander Gordius. Just take all the time you need. Don't worry about it, like, finishing early or, or trying to finish, you know, earlier than normal. Just take all the time you need. Don't, don't rush it. Please don't. I don't think they will. I think that if – I think 15 has shown they, they have – well, because you have to remember, a lot of people mm -hmm. forget that there was the Q, the QA team that was created within Square Enix that's mm -hmm. made up of – I think it's Tabata, Naoki Yoshida, and, like, two or three other people. You have to get past that quality team for your game to launch. And it's likely 15 didn't meet, didn't pass the quality test in that group. And they probably cited specific issues. I assume that Final Fantasy 14 is subject to said quality team as well. Um, but that's, that's up for debate. I think that quality team was specifically made so that they don't do that again. I think that May is a reasonable date considering at this point. We're looking at a January release for 3.5, probably a March release for 3.55, and then a May release for 4.0. It's a it's a four month wait as opposed to the I, be, I believe it was a five month wait between 2.5 and 3.0 because like it was January and then Gold Saucer was February, 2.55 was March and then it was April May June. So I think that that'll that'll be where we kind of sit there. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think I think I'm 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 going with May. I don't have an exact day, but I'm going I'm going with May of 2017 for the expansion. I'm still saying June. Still saying that like even if they were finished ahead of time and they let us know like later, hey, we were finished in May, but we wanted to put some polish on it, make sure everything was okay before we released, then I'll be fine. Okay. Well, uh, we still have some other things to get through. Uh, the Xbox, the Microsoft issue of getting Final Fantasy on, on Xbox has surfaced again. Um, now, I don't know like, if you know... I love the way you say that. Because it's, it, it's, it's literally been a topic since before the game even relaunched, was releasing it on Microsoft consoles. Let me remind people the way that the Xbox, the current Xbox One cross-platform play works they have allowed cross-platform play now i believe rocket league was the first game to utilize it on the xbox one and i'm not talking about the fact that every xbox game is literally on pc now like that's a totally different topic but they're the current um regulations say that if a game is going to have cross-platform play aka allow it to also play with pc players playstation 4 players nintendo whatever there also needs to be an option that players can choose that will allow them to only play with other people on Xbox. That is a mandatory requirement of their current regulations. Problem is, and they cited this in the interview, um, being an MMO, that doesn't work. It, it doesn't work at yeah. all. There's... So you, it, if you were to do that, you would just need a standalone server, and that's not that's more time, more money, more as like more assets being um, lost from actual content creation to servers, more servers just for Xbox One. And in um, my opinion, over the years, I, and please forgive me for this. Well, don't. I don't care. 
Um, no one forgives you, Sly. Come on. Uh, no, they don't. They don't. Um, Microsoft's player base, player base, and incorporate. Oh, just go ahead and say Call of Duty. Just go ahead and say player base and twelve-year-old shouting on their Xbox greedy. microphone can, can be a little bit greedy. Oh no no no! I just want to play with people on Xbox. I just want to be able to go on Xbox Live, add my friends, and we go in do tight. Okay. No. <laughs> no. You guys heard it. It's like okay. No. No. <laughs> There's a reason you pick a server. There's a reason you pick a data server, not console. I mean, you have a reason you pick a console. That's your reason. But when it comes down to the game in its rarest form, there's a reason you pick a data center. There's a reason you pick a server. To exclude yourselves from that, to try to exclude the game base and yourselves from that, it, it's selfish. It's, it's also mandatory. The fact that it's mandatory to have that option is also pretty nuts. And Rocket League agreed to it. Rocket League has that option where you can choose to only queue in with other players on the Xbox. It's there. I can, it's like it's somebody somebody but agreed going to back it. to the original statement, it works for some games. Just not for this one. Not for an MMO. Not for any MMO. Nope. No. Nope. Nope. And no. So, um, according to the uh, to, to the interview, uh, Yoshiki will be meeting uh, next month at TGS with Microsoft for further negotiations that are not going to go well. How about the literally what negotiations are there? You walk in and say you either say that this policy doesn't apply to our game, or our game does not happen on your console. Yes and or no? Me, and stop me. Stop calling me to meetings to not say yes to this. Yeah. <laughs> Like, if you're going to say, well, this is possible, and then get to the meeting and say, no, you, you have to bend. Fuck it. Don't meet with Microsoft. Say, fuck it. Just PS4 and PS4 and PC is fine. PS4 and PC is fine. Don't meet with them if they're not going to Put gonna it get. on the NX just to make a statement. <laughs> Do it. I'm not kidding. Put that shit on the NX. Oh, man. I, I'd actually agree to that, too. I'll take it. Nintendo's take a Japanese it. company. They could work it out. Yeah. Exactly. 14 for NX. Make it happen. That's what I'm saying right now. Forget. Just don't even worry about Xbox One. It's, it's just... It could be Xbox you know. the Xbox One console that will never have Final Fantasy 14 is what it can be. What about Scorpio? Let's not talk about that. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not talk about Scorpio. That is a topic for another time. Uh, the next thing they want to talk about is patch structure. Uh, somebody asked the very, very hard question of, do you guys, like, the patches are always the same. Dungeon, raid, trial, main scenario, side quest, quality of life, glamour, whatever. There's always a formula behind every patch. And while it is a criticized aspect of 14, it's one of the only things that keeps 14 afloat. Let's we look at it honestly. Is the fact that people can reliably know these things will continue and these things are always going to be consistent factors about this game. Death in Texas. Ah. Ah. They said that that structure, and this is something they've said a long time ago that people don't really remember, that that kind of structure is necessary, mainly because it is not World of Warcraft. 
<laughs> I remember when he was saying we need a three and a half month patch cycle. If we do not have a three and a half month month patch cycle, we will fail the MMO market because we are not World of Warcraft. We cannot take for granted that there are so many people that we've gathered their attention over the last ten years. We have to we have to blitz the market with constant patch upgrades. And then they uh, he went further on to say that they stopped doing this. That they did something completely different. They received feedback from the community that said, you don't like it, and you want to change it back. We've been saying all along. Yeah. Like what I've been saying all along. Um, we're finicky. We're finicky. We are... It, it's kind of... Um, you get what you ask for. Yeah. Uh, A.K.A. Um, Gordy's 3, A3. You get what you ask for. Yeah, you... I didn't listen. Nobody asked for that ass. That's what I'll tell you. <laughs> no, 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 no. We... Uh, we asked for that. We asked for that. We got. I didn't ask for dead ass, and yeah, I didn't yeah. feel like I had an ass after all the sitting I had to do to beat that fight. Yeah, that... so um, we're, we're finicky. And in terms of the community, in terms of players, we're finicky. We don't like change. When, but we want when, it at the same time. We want it at the same time, but we, when we get it, we don't like it, and we bitch to devs about it. Um, when we bring on new things, I mean, new thing like new things are something completely different. I'm all for the devs taking risks. I'm I'm still okay with um, Lords of Reminion. I don't do it. I'm okay with the fact that you took the risk. People, people actually do it. People do it. I don't. I choose not to. It's my thing. Um, but I'm okay with you taking risks. Um, changes are taking risks as well, but it's much more detrimental, in my opinion, uh, because of the backlash you'll get from that. Uh, either way, you will get backlash. Man, you know what would help? You know what would really help? If we only had, like, some place to test these things before they came out. If we only had that. Man. Man. No, 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 go ahead. Go. Oh, keep going, keep going. Keep going, get out your system. I don't know if the technology is there, though, so maybe we shouldn't talk about it. Maybe we <sighs> just shouldn't talk about it just yet. Um, but they do say they want to keep doing things like Palace of the Dead to mm -hmm. um to you know get things out. the thing is once a new type of content's been developed it they develop what they do in the the in the uh, behind the scenes is they develop a process and that process is is replicatable and it speeds up the further development of something like another deep dungeon they can develop that a lot faster at this point it's just wait like they know oh hey you know these floors have this layouts with these with these objectives and you'll be this level by that and we that they already have the entire structure that's why Dungeons are all about how long it takes to build the aesthetics, how long it takes to build the dungeon itself, and it's the same thing with Palace of the Dead. So um, now that those things have had a, uh, a baseline, they can be developed faster, so they can continue to add things like deep dungeons and still explore new types of content without completely destroying their workflow. And that's another important thing. They're not looking to just add one-off events like Diadem and Palace of the Dead, they want to make more things that people enjoy seeing every patch, for example. Um, and again, I'm all right with them taking risks. Like, so if they want to try new things, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. We will let you know. We are pretty damn vocal. We'll a little you, bit. Well, just a tad. Just a tad bit vocal. Um, but just don't switch it up because we hate that too. 
We'll be vocal about <laughs> everything. We will be vocal about everything. Every patch, everything you do, everything you put in the game, we somebody is not gonna like. It. You know, be and really, like, you know, be really cool. They, uh, I remember a while back they wanted to make a PvP mode that was exactly like Evolve. You know, the the game Evolve. Mm -hmm. um, wouldn't it be cool if you could queue into Palace of the Dead to like take control of a monster in Palace of the Dead? Like you don't have like obviously you're not like complete free control of it. Like it has no, no. I would want free control. I want you never get. They want. It has to be. Beat, it has to be beatable. I want to be nemesis. It has to be, be beatable. Slide. It, it, you get free control in the ball, but it is be, beatable. You need. It needs to be reasonable. Evolve is a game that's bounced around building this thing up. I mean, you literally just take control of an enemy, and you can go and into somebody's go ham. and you can go, go into ham. somebody's like Palace of the Dead run. Like it'll cue you into somebody's Palace of the Dead run. It's like they are one floor from from you or something like that, and you become the objective of that floor essentially. Get in order to to get to the next floor. So what you act like a mob and you wait, you lie and wait for the party to get there. Oh, I'm just gonna sit here for about exactly minutes. exactly. Oh. No, give yourself a little bit more freedom than that. No. no, you can walk around, you can roam around, you just can't fucking sprint through the entire thing like a fucking. No, bull. no, not 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 like that. No, no, but yeah, give yourself some freedom. Yeah. That would that, that might be a not cool be idea. a mob, not a, a back and forth mob or one or a mob. Oh yeah, and then, and then you yeah, got be like got, the be like the minotaurs. You've got like you've got like two or around. three abilities. You've got like two or three abilities essentially, and you can. Yeah. Uh, and you can use them, and they're like targetable AOEs and shit like that. So you can shoot them at people. I'd be, I'd be down, I'd be down for that. That could make Palace of the Dead a little bit. And that also gives you. Thought how are you speaking to me a little bit right now? Maybe because I'm on Souls Kick, but yeah, invaders. That's essentially where I got the idea, but I didn't want to just be able to invade as a fucking ninja and just fucking stealth up and gank someone and just insta destroy their Palace of the Dead run. <laughs> Just fucking completely destroy. You, you, hey, this is the duty finder. It's going really. What the fuck? <laughs> Mr. Happy's an asshole. <laughs> oh man, that'd be funny. Yeah, I'd I'd like that. I'd like that. Uh, speaking of trying new things, the next exploratory mission we kind of knew this is currently scheduled three point five. We already knew they said it wouldn't be ready for three point four, but it's a whole new zone. And, uh, completely incorporating the reworked mechanics of the diadem. So mm. that's another very important detail. Um, one other thing that Yoshi P has mentioned, or that people have claimed he mentioned, but wasn't translated in the interview, he says he has, there's, they're currently developing a whole new type of content in the expansion that he believes has never been seen in an MMO before. Now, that is just what people who have heard the, the interviews have said the translator didn't pick up on. So as someone who doesn't speak Japanese, I can't validate that statement. I can only tell you that it's word of mouth right now. That's the best I can do. Major grain of salt with that one. But that would I don't know what the hell that could be. And if it would be good. <laughs> Just because it's never been seen before doesn't mean it has to be good. Sex? No. Probably won't be sex. <laughs> Never before done in an MMORPG way. I'm sure there's one out there that's done that already. Yeah, it is. Somewhere. Another important detail is that the next expansion, he wants it to be a great point for players to not only continue to play the game, but for brand new players to join in, unlike Heavensward, where people had the issue of going through and playing, having to play through all the story, 
and it made it kind of difficult to access for brand new players. So, jump motion? That's exactly what I thought when I heard that. That was the number one thing I thought when I heard that. What if it's just mechanic? Because we know that the story's not going to be as big of a block here. But it's but I mean even still, Realm Reborn story has to be considered. So I don't know exactly how accurate the statement is. From a business standpoint, I think it's wrong. Why? Like, and again, speaking from a business standpoint, because you know I want to see Square succeed. I really do. Um, you you're including sales. Of a Realm Reborn. Right. On top of your sub. And then Heaven's Word. And then uh, the expansion, whatever it will be called. Um, to be fair, what, what usually happens with MMOs is when a second expansion comes out after the first one, the combined first expansion and base game usually meet the same price that the base game had. So, like, Heaven's Word plus a Realm Reborn would probably mm -hmm. be brought down to $20, like a Realm Reborn is now. So mm -hmm. they don't have to buy one and then the other and then the other. It's like they bought the first two and then the third one would be the $40, which is where it yeah. usually sits. Yeah. So, and, I mean, but and, I get what you're saying. And Narnenberg is a, a good point. It may bring money at the beginning, but, like, long-term subs might be shot in, shot in the foot. It's possible. It's possible. We just the thing is that statement is very vague and there's no means of confirming any sort of subtleties that it has. At mm. this point it's just they've talked about jump potions before and that statement lines up with I think that's the overall goal and the jump potion was a consideration within that goal. I think is what we should kind of pick up from that not confirmed jump potion. <laughs> Um, what else do we have? Would not comment on the feast success, but believes it could definitely use a higher player base. Yeah. I would actually like to see the data. I know he, he like he said by commenting on the data it would spark like a flame war. And I get that, but I like from a you know from a examination perspective, um just you know, comparing everything because that's what, that's what we do with the data, um, i.e., the, the census. Uh, it would give us a good gauge on whether, and he talked about this too, um, whether he, like, PvP is feasible or not. Um, we we already have this argument. We already have this um, this school of thought within the community that says, um, you know, why even why even consider at, like put assets towards PvP. You should put those towards PvE. And he even says um, to that to that comment, um, yeah, if we take the PV, PvP assets out, it's not gonna affect PvE. No. You're talking about two you're talking about two different um dev teams. Well they're it's they're all one dev team, but two different teams. PvP team, PvE team. Taking away PvP is not going to improve PvE. Nope. No. So, um, yeah, I agree. There could be uh, more interest in PvP. I don't know which way to do it. I think the community team is doing the right thing at the same time. I, uh, you know I, what I, th I think would help a lot? I, you know what I think would help a lot? If every time new PvP released, the last verse, the thing that came before it, 
didn't immediately go dead. That is like the number one problem is that when Shatter came out, nobody gave a fuck about the other ones. When The Feast came out, nobody gave a shit about Shatter. And even right now with, um, I'm sorry, Shatter's what we have now. Um, Seas. When Seas came out, nobody cared about Secure or Slaughter. And then when Shatter came out, nobody cared about Seas. And now it's kind of evened out where there's like an average amount across all the PvP, but that number is not nearly as high as it could be. I think they could take a PvE approach to it, um, making like how normal PvE kind of makes old content, old dungeons. Um, they they try to they try to encourage people to play the old ones. Yeah. I guess they could kind of they could probably do something like that. I just kind of like kind of like what Yokai Watch is doing. Kind of like what I don't know. Um, at the time when I was doing it, Nexus. No, I hate that fucking set. I didn't do it. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of like that. Like try a way, find a way, a PVE style way to make PVP you know, relevant. Make the old content, make the old maps, make the old mo modes relevant. It, it can be done. I honestly think it can be done. Like, not talking about just a PvP roulette, like a PvP daily. Not not talking about that, but you know, something like some kind of end goal. Kind of like what we have for Animal. Kind of like what we have for Yokai Watch. Some kind of end goal that's going to draw interest in it. Give me a reason to actually go back and do Wolfstead. Give me a reason to go back and do. Um, Fields of, like, not Fields of Glory, um, Carton of, Carton of Flats. Give yeah. me a go, reason to go back and do Carton of Flats. Like, give me something. Give me something to make me say, I'm going to go back and do this just so I can get this. It might seem a little, you know, I, I guess tunnel vision is the word, but, you know, it's going to make me do it. Like, people people say, I'm not going to go do Fates. I, I even said, I'm not going to do Fates. I'm not going to do Fates. I'm, I'm still doing Fates. And leveling, most of them face. Right. I have a reason to do this. So you just give people a reason to go back and do it. And, and that's probably the number one argument. There's not a good enough reason to PvP generally, overall. Um, and that also leads to sort of a stagnant... Yes, there's there's, now, there's tombstones, but now there's so many other ways to get it that the it doesn't stand out as a means of getting it. And I was about done. to ask you, do you think the rewards... The new rewards, past rewards, first season rewards are a good enough reason for people to I I think that it's good enough for the people who want to competitively play Feast. It does not help Shatter. It doesn't help Secure. It doesn't help Slaughter. It doesn't help Seize. None of that work helps the battlegrounds at all. What they're hoping is that the ability to duel, the ability to make custom matches, the ability for, and he said this specifically, Twitch broadcasters to showcase pvp through things like custom matches and spectator modes and whatnot he's hoping that increases but the thing is i'm not spectating slaughter i'm not spectating seas i'm not spectating shadow i'm spectating feast and we know there's another mm -hmm. feast map coming but that's another thing there's not enough maps there's not enough variation in rules there's it's, it's very very linear the way that they've developed the pvp at this point when uh they when they first brought up the idea of deep dungeon and brought up the idea of a leader that's going to create interest that's going to create more interest I mean, like going to that end i think adding a competitive front lines would drum up interest. i don't know how it could be done i honestly don't know on that large of a scale i don't know but whenever you 
put like a competitive mode, not just, you know, I'm just here for my free SO, so I, I'm just going to do this and get my right. No. If you put a competitive mode within, you know, Frontlines, within all the Frontlines maps and include Frontlines, include the old Wolves, wolves then, it'll, it'll bring people out. It'll, it, it did when I first did uh, it, I was, I'm guilty. I might not be as into it as I was before, but I was was definitely in there at, at, the, at the beginning stages. So if you put in a like a competitive mode, just anything like four, switch it up four v four. Well, not even saying four v four, eight v eight. But it's too large for Matt to do eight v eight. I hate doing that. I don't like eight v eight either. I don't blame you. Yeah, yeah. Like whenever it's just eight v eight v eight, it's just too. It's too long winded. Nothing happens, and I just wanted my essays and go. But you know, just just put some competition on. Competition is always good. Even 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 a leaderboard just for for wins and losses for the week. Something that's not just on the fucking lodestone. As I don't care. Put it in the game. <laughs> I don't care to go check the lodestone. Just put something in the game, please. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, what else do we have here? Uh, we have final Alexander will be easier than Midas. Confirmed. They also yeah. re he reconfirmed that in Famitsu where. Uh, the, but he he in the Famitsu interview, which we'll talk about in a little bit, he cited more mm -hmm. of the reason Final Alexander will be easier and the things they'll be doing to counteract needing to make raids easier in the mm -hmm. expansion. But mm -hmm. um, I mean, we saw we we saw this coming a mile away, especially after we talked about the clear rates of Midas. I don't think there's much to say here <sighs> other than we told you so. Do you think it's the right decision? I think, yeah, it is. Because at this point, the, the the difficulty that will bring the most people into raiding will, is definitely a difficulty close to Coil. Midas mm -hmm. definitely still exceeds even the difficulty of second Coil. So I think that bringing it closer, if this can bring it closer to second Coil difficulty, this will probably be the most played raid tier. So, And I think that's what they want to hit. Goes back to you get what you fucking asked for. Yep, you asked I for changes from Gordius to Midas, and Midas is still too difficult. I just, I don't get it. I, I really don't get it. it. You got what you asked for. Not there's everyone not, asked for it. There's not an A3. A lot of really not, loud not people. There's not an A3 present. There's not a wall. For some people, there is. Yeah, I'll give you that. But it's not as big of a wall as A3 was. So I, I think it's, I mean, it's fine. I honestly, this is coming from someone who still has it cleared. Um, Midas, honestly, didn't ask for it. Didn't ask probably, for this. I probably, even if I had cleared it, even if I was, you know, world first, and you know, um, wouldn't ask for it. Wouldn't ask for it. Well, um, another thing with Alexander is one of the reasons why he feels like Alexander's narrative. Because personally, I feel like if you pay attention to Alexander's narrative, it's there and it's pretty, it's pretty elaborate. Mm -hmm. And it's very confusing mm -hmm. at times. Um, outside of the fact that it didn't have an entire eight-minute trailer of the entire world being destroyed to really back it up. There's also the problem that other than Alexander right now when you're in the raid, at this point, the only two things you see are robots and goblins. That's it. And that that sort of that sort of aesthetic has not been very appealing <laughs> to many people. So what you want orbs and dragons again? 
No, but they but Alexander hasn't really stood out as anything. Hey, I'm a giant robot. Like that's kind of just what it's been. Whereas with Bahamut, it was it was oh here are the Alligans and these are their creations. They experiment. They captured and experimented on creatures and like th there was a reason. Like when you fought Melusine, when you fought Avatar, when you fought Nail. Mm -hmm. There were the you're, themes there. You're fighting were, experiments. I, I get that. I, I'm, I'm there. And with you're that. fighting. Actually, and you're fighting full-on extensions or children of Bahamut. Right. Whereas this, it's like goblins resurrected Alexander, and they just built a bunch of fucking robots inside of him to defend him. And it's like, okay, that's cool. They want to flesh out Alexander's theme more with the final tier, with Alexander being a time manipulating, um, a time manipulating primal. Like, that's his big thing, is he can manipulate time. So you should expect to see a lot more mechanics that play on Alexander's power as opposed to just a bunch of goblins and robots. Though you should still expect goblins and robots. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so they're hoping to make the narrative more interesting for the final tier. Uh, or they expect it to be stronger than the previous two tiers. Uh, what else do we have here? Oh, then we have Yoshida's personal wish list. of He wants a breakdancing emote, but he's afraid to ask the animation team because they'll hate him. Mm-hmm. But just just take Dragon Kick and turn it into an emote, and you're done. Like that is literally the breakdancing emote. You, you kind of want to like a you know a little spin it in into a b boy stance on the on the ground. Yeah, that's the yeah. thing. I think yeah. he I think he that's wants he like wants. legit like breakdancing. Break like if you go to YouTube yeah. and you Google breakdancing World Championships 2016, he wants that. <laughs> yeah. Um. He also doesn't want to share any information about the new jobs yet because he's afraid for his life and he likes his life. <laughs> As, as he stated, they, he's like, I like... They have to kill I, him and the camera. Yeah, they have to kill him. They have to kill uh, Yoshida and the cameraman. So, yeah. And Yoshida says he values his life. So he's not going to do that, basically. Um, and then we have... So that was it from Nova Crystals and Dual Shockers. There might be a few other little details mixed in with there. But then the Famitsu interview came out earlier today, and there's just a few key points we want to touch on, mostly job balancing. And, and the big one here is... The reason why Yoshi P thinks Alexander clear rates are lower, the dominant reason he thinks Alexander clear rates are lower, it's not just the difficulty. It's that all of the jobs are much harder to play than they were at level 50. He thinks if it was level 50 rotations and you made Alexander, the clear rates would be drastically higher because players played their jobs better at level 50 than at 60 on average. And they have, I'm sure they have the numbers to support that. <laughs> there are a lot of groups that could clear coil that, couldn't touch Alexander. So happy. So happy. What's up? Are we still getting new skills? Probably, yeah. I'm still putting... <laughs> what? I'm not going to say no. <laughs> Din Din, what did you expect? I'm... You give us new skills and you expect us like, hey, hey. Get better. Do, That's as, what... do as well as you did on final coil. On second coil. First coil. Do as well as you did. New skills in the game. Yeah. First learn, learn, adapt. Learn. Get, uh, no, Get no, no. good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Took the words right out my mouth. I knew those were the words that were coming out of your mouth, so I figured mm -hmm. I'd beat you to the punch. Um, but so specifically, he says what they want to do in the expansion is they want to really make the balancing of jobs a high priority. Mm -hmm. They want to, and I'm taking this from paraphrasing from the translation. 
they want to hugely change the difficulty of using each job when the next expansion releases, such as the ease and reduction of management of buffs, and they are going to make the characteristics of each job shine more, which makes it sound like they want each job to feel more unique, whereas they felt very homogenized up to this point. What do you kind of take that as? If you had to pick something that a job is known for, like Dragoon, what would you say is the theme of Dragoon, the characteristics of Dragoon that they should that should be standing out more? Keep heavy thrust up, keep buffs up, keep blood of the dragon up. But no, 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 no. that's not a care. Those aren't characteristics. That's how you play the job. What are the characteristics of the job that that should stand out? The Dragoon. When you think Dragoon, what is the number one characteristic that comes to mind? And don't say dying. No, that's what everybody else says. Fuck everybody else. <laughs> that's um, what my. That's what the chat is spamming right now. Falling off ledge, dying. Falling off ledges, elusive jumping. Yeah, yeah, that. Um. If you want to go into simple base characteristics, as in stats or anything like that, strength. You think of you think of a powerhouse. You think of a heading, heavy hitting. You know, formerly no magic defense, but it got buffs. So shut formerly up. no magic defense. Shut the fuck up, everybody! The artist, Don't the die. Artist formerly they will known not as. let that joke die. Nobody will let that joke die. It still gets gets thrown in chat every day. Logan, Logan, Logan. Like, um. But yeah, like, I see what you're saying in terms of, you know, giving them different aspects, like uh, heavy hitter, really good accuracy, just can do anything he fucking wants to because he can do Hey, 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 we can't talk about the do anything thing. Red Mage isn't in the game yet. I was talking about Warrior. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Or Scholar. Scholar. Um, but yeah, so they want to make the characteristics of each job shine more and ease the... Re specifically, the management of buffs. That is the number so one thing they what, want to heavy, So what, heavy? So 40-second Grease Lightning. I don't know. 40-second <laughs> yeah. Heavy Thrust. You don't even have to... like. That's, it's still going to change the rotation. I, I don't get it. Everything's fine. Everything's fine now, I think. I think. <laughs> I think. I think. Like, I don't honestly see how it'd be better. Like, keep, like changing buffs, changing timing, it would just fuck everything up. Oh, great. Uh, now I don't have to worry about timing because you'll have so much time on Blood of the Dragon that you just, you won't even have to think about it anymore. Yeah. It'll be good to go. Fuck up a combo three times and still get off your Scoville and a fourth finisher. Yeah. Like, no, no, don't do that to me. Please. Please. More monk buffs is all I heard from this interview, essentially. More monk buffs and maybe maybe a really good ass bar buff again. Well, the, that's actually another another thing. Talking about some of the other jobs, he specifically states warrior as scholar as being out having an outrageous advantage compared to other jobs. AKA god tier. Yeah, AKA <laughs> they're the two god tier jobs that yeah. are they're near mandatory in terms of what people expect out of a raid composition. And so with that, they can't fix that prior to 4.0, but that is mm -hmm. a key point, is making sure that there is there aren't jobs that are that completely dominant in the meta. Um, so basically, warriors are good. <laughs> that's what no. he said. He says warriors, uh, warriors and scholars are good jobs. No. Yeah. So they're going to be balancing those two jobs. Those are going to be really high on their priority list, as well as a large number of substats, which we knew because Perry is getting looked at, and we have a, we have the ability to assume that some of the other stats will be looked at 
pretty closely in the expansion as well. Even auto attacks, they mentioned, are currently on, they're looking to uh, tune auto attacks. Uh, we know that with um, 3.4, they're making the whole face target thing, or the, the ability to get auto attacks off on targets. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're sort of fixing it because that, that kind of defined play, players who were spamming face target to cast spells or ensure auto attacks was a big thing. So they're going to be doing uh, an overall, uh, an overhaul of auto attacks in general in the game. Bards, machinists, you gotta worry about this. You guys don't have auto attacks. No one cares. Um, well, actually, machinists. That's not true. Machinists is part of their wildfire burst. They 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 turn off uh, goss goss barrel for a goss little barrel. bit. Yeah, they turn that off for a little bit. So auto attack uh, that, that could help. That could help. Um, but whatever. yeah, that uh, that pretty much was. All that came out of Gamescom. Again, the rest of the Famitsu will come out tomorrow. Well, from what I'm understanding, the digital version of Famitsu is already out. The physical interview is not there, but these key points are still the the dominant. The main. Yeah, even after tomorrow, like there may be something else surfaces. But I mean, there's other things in here, like they're going to be adding items like like Jinko trees and autumn leaf trees and... Um, the story behind the Allegan Towers and PvP, how long it takes for them to balance one piece of content, which was five to seven days, um, and also they're t- and they're testing they're testing the way that they test content in general. How they don't only leave invincibility on to test the fight; they do test it without invincibility. Mm-hmm. So there, there are other details. My favorite one was Yoshi P says, I don't understand why so many people are obsessed with their own DPS versus the, the group's DPS. <laughs> like, Do you not know us? <laughs> Do you not know us? <laughs> Basically, he, he was like, he wishes people would look at the, the effective value of things uh, like um, Trick Attack more. Like, don't look at, hey... My DPS was higher because of Trick Attack. Look at, hey, the Raid's DPS was higher, and how can we use Trick Attack to increase the Raid's DPS? Versus how does this affect Stone me? Sky C for that reason. Yeah. So, yeah. That's uh, that's the thing. I can understand it in the case of like people who do like 500 DPS at like level 60. I can understand people having an obsession with those people. But... He doesn't understand people just, like, only wanting to care about, like, I don't give a fuck about you teammates. My numbers. Yeah. Black mage. I'm a black mage. You dodge AoEs. I stand in this shit. All right? You do the mechanic. I ain't going nowhere. I'm anal about my numbers. <laughs> you go stand in the right spot. I'm going to manipulate to you. Okay? I'm. That's on you. If you don't go to the right place, it's not my fault. It's your fault. These are my numbers. There's that and then just being angled about your And then there's monk. <laughs> it's like, I'm a monk. I can't lose. I'm a monk. I don't give a fuck. Don't even tell me the number. Don't even give me the fucking number. I know I'm number one. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. That's because I know monks. Little. Yeah, well, you know something. <laughs> you can say you know... I know a guy. Yeah, you know you a know, guy. I know a guy. I, I know the at guy. At least average, you know? The guy. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but that's the majority of the important information that came out yeah. of the last week. And it was it was a nice, most of it was a nice little touch on some details that we, we didn't know we wanted, but we ended up learning more about. 
Um, as a reminder, uh, we do have the 14-hour broadcast this Friday evening. I believe it starts at 8 p.m. Pacific and ends 14 hours later. There will be a live letter. Marco is currently planning to translate it on his channel. If his if his internet's not up to up to par, then he'll translate it on my channel. Um, and then on top of that, there's the rest of the broadcast. But the rising event also begins. Rising of Brent. The a Brent. A Brent. Uh, it is Saturday, uh, August twenty seventh. Starts at four a.m. Eastern. Um, I always say Eastern because I'm Eastern. First, uh, one a.m. PDT. Uh. Yeah, I'm looking forward to see how this one's different from last year's. You will end up getting a a uh, wind-up crow and a wind-up dress-up you stole. Yeah. And uh, along with some other items, you know. One of them is is a uh, firework that literally summons the meteor symbol on the ground, and a meteor crashes into the ground there. I love that. That's amazing. So we're basically going to create the uh, opening of 2.0 again. Yeah, essentially. Let's That's essentially it. what it is. It's, it's the opening. Let's do it. If I, I'm, I'm going to hit up Mary to do it. Okay, got it. Yeah, it's essentially yeah. Meteor. That's what it is. And there's also uh, the Heavensward Orchestrian role, which I'm assuming is the, is the theme to Heavensward. It's, it's the actual. Song? Yeah, either that or... Because there's Dragon Song, and then there's another one that it could be. But I, th I, think, it'll, mm -hmm. I, I think it'll be... Um, I think it's possible it'll be Dragon Song. But, well, because there's there's Dragon Song and then there's the actual Heaven's One, Heaven's One. You know the one that's actually in the yeah. line. It's it's gonna be one of those two. I think Dragon Song will stay Dragon Song, and I think this will be the the one that's in the Heaven's War trailer itself. Um, and then so yeah, I look forward to that. And just like last year, everyone's gonna be looking around to see if there's any sort of teaser of the expansion or any content they're gonna be doing. Last year we had the teasers for Samurai, Red Mage, Blue Mage, Doom Train. Uh, and a few other things. So keep that in mind. Be on the lookout for that. I'm sure you'll it'll be plenty to talk about. Next week, Ethis is going to be joining us. At least that's the current plan to talk about the 14-hour broadcast and the rising event. And then uh, we'll see where it goes from there, guys. But uh, I got Raid in like less than 10 minutes. So we're wrapping yeah. up just at the right time. So gonna... Sly, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you at, my good sir? Uh, You can find me at twitch.tv slash... Um... You can find me at twitch.tv slash um, slykgreyfox. It's also on TV. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at slykgreyfox07. You can find me on Twitter at slythefox. You can find me on Plot 14 or 5 of the Lavender Beds, where I am now tanking some random bumfuck reason. That is that is really strange. That is really strange. Your, scre your screen's lighting up pretty, pretty fantastically right now. Your room just got a lot brighter. No, because of the TV, you fool. <laughs> There you go. And uh, you can find Dwayne and me, Mr. Happy1227, everywhere. Um, also, a few little fun tidbits. Uh, I am going to be at PAX West on, uh, what is it, September 2nd to September 5th, although I'm leaving on the 5th, so don't expect to see me that day. And also, if you're in the Anaheim area, uh, GameStop Expo, they've invited me as a special guest. It's a one-day convention. Uh, I heard it was really good last year when it was in Vegas. It's in Anaheim, California this year. So uh, check out the... The, the expo, if you're interested in going, type exclamation mark expo in the chat. I'll be there, and you can come meet me, and there's going to be a bunch of stuff to do. So do it. Or go see, or go see an Angels game. Mountain, do it.
That's what you need to do. You just need to mount and do it real quick. All right. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to move over into an incredibly short post show so I can go log into Final Fantasy 14. And then Sly's going to go stream after that. So uh, I'm going to wrap things up and uh, let's go over to the post show. Thank you for watching this week. We'll see you next week when Ed this joins us to talk about the 14 hour broadcast stuff. I'll see you. See you next week.